Welcome to the Tabletop Sportcast, your home for all things tabletop sports. I'm James Cast, and this is episode 71. Today we're going to talk about planning for the unknown. Connect with the podcast on Facebook or email. If you want to support the podcast, head over to patreon.com backslash tabletop sportcast. Of course, the best way to support the podcast is to tell your friends about the podcast and subscribe, follow, or give us a five-star rating. Before we get into today's main topic, let's take a look back at the week that was on the tabletop. This week, I was able to complete 10 gaming sessions using four different games. So let's do a quick quick recap. Uh, First and foremost, finished up project number three this month, which was my Fury Football Showcase. Uh, What I basically did was grabbed six teams and did a showcase format where uh, I took the winners of each game and moved them up, losers of each game, moved them down and just played out the four-night schedule. Part of this goal was I'm going to do a few more of these showcases with Fury Football, and I'll talk about those in a little bit uh, later. But um, four nights, three games each night led me to a total of 12 games. So got 12 games completed there. Also, keeping on the football theme, got week five of my Grid Zone League complete as well. Uh, and the outcomes there was Los Angeles really moving to four and one. They're in first place after five weeks. Uh, they beat Orlando. Milwaukee beat Fort Worth. Birmingham beat Memphis. And Portland beat Denver. So now everybody has at least two wins in that league. Uh, a couple teams at three wins, which would be Milwaukee and Portland. And then obviously LA at four and one. Hockey Blast finished up the Carolina series for the New York Rangers, so they're 12 games in now. Uh, They lost game 12 to Carolina, so at this point, 12 games in, 16 points on the season for the Rangers. And then played my next couple rounds for the 2022 Play Tour. Uh, Talked about that last week. This week, we had the Hazards Faro at the uh, Golf de Morfontaine in france and round one for me was a good one 66 it's a par 70 course so four under there par played par golf on the front nine for round two and then struggled a little bit in the back nine so finished with a 73 for round two overall at one under um so under par we'll take that after last week's uh, disaster um, but probably not going to be one of the top scores. So that was it. That was the week. Uh, spent some time away from home this week, and that's why Fury Football got kind of uh, sandwiched in one week as opposed to being a night each week. And um, that was about it. So that's the re- weekly recap for this week. I will also say, too, I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about it, but um, had a nice sit down with St. Patrick this week to talk a little bit about his game, Squared Circle, and that is something that we'll be um, featuring in a upcoming episode. Probably do an interview with St. to talk more about Squared Circle. 
And I also spent a little bit of time this week actually creating uh, a game, and I'll probably offer that link up on my uh, Facebook page. So if you want to go there and check that out, I will probably put that link up later today. And it's it's probably first iteration of a game, um, but as I've talked about before, I want to kind of do like this kind of shareware a little bit with some of the games. Uh, was a goal for this year. Haven't really had a chance to get into it too much, but while I was away, I just decided to kind of got inspired by Fury Football a little bit to try uh, a game design. And the game is basically horse racing um, with a little Fury spin to it. So you can go check that out. I'll put that file up. Very basic first iteration. Needs a lot of work still, um, but first iteration will be available. And, you know, if you have feedback on it, love to hear it. Okay, so that's our recap. Let's get into today's main topic. So just touching back again on Fury Football and the showcase uh, process, what I'm hoping to do is uh, last year I did my kind of World Cups for both Fury Football and Fury Hardball. And both of them turned into very large projects because I had to go through all the group stages and there's a lot of teams. Like I think for, for Fury Hardball, there's some, I have like, there's like 48 teams, uh, for Fury football, it's close behind. There's, there's a good number of teams and whittling down the field till you get to more of a playoff for like a world cup, um, takes some time. And, it does make the project feel a little longer than probably I want it to. So I think some of my retrospective on the Fury Hardball project last year was this might work better if I split this up a little bit. And then as I started adopting this showcase format, um, I realized how well it'll probably work for something like that. And so now what I'm going to do is I'm using these showcase events where I have like, you know, six teams for the most part, I'm going to be looking to use those as qualifiers for more of the World Cup event. Uh, so for that first Fury football showcase, that's that was my first qualifier. So I have Chicago uh, ends up winning that one and they are going to be the first team in. And I know for Fury hardball, I will have uh, at least eight of these showcase events, probably mostly next year, leading into a World Cup event that will take place probably late 2023, like early 2024. And for Fury Hardball, I just have to go through the teams, make sure I've got everybody, count up the number of teams, but probably along the same lines that it'll probably be somewhere in that same time frame. And that's going to be the approach that I take. Um, wanted to share that because I think breaking down projects sometimes can be really helpful and these showcase events can be a good way to do that. So I may even have to think about how I can use the showcase format for some of the other games that I play, uh, especially the ones that have longer season type um, events. And maybe there's a way to do more of these kind of smaller projects, small groups, play out some games and then, you know, break up the season a little bit. So more to come, but that's how I'm going to do it for those two Fury sports. All right. So for today's 
main topic, we're going to talk a little bit about planning for the unknown. And this was something that I just thought of mostly this week uh, and tied it to some other things. And it came out of the conversation I was having with ST about wrestling. Wrestling is really unique in that you can't really just plan out an entire schedule. You have to, if you're going to be doing something like a federation and most of the games, especially things like face to the mat or, uh, you know, most wrestling games, um, you know, even his squared circle and uh, some other games that I have played allow you to have storylines develop because so much of what draws us to professional wrestling is the whole storyline element to it. It really is a narrative type sport. It's not just a narrative for the event itself, right? I mean, we don't need necessarily stats on, hey, how many times did you do this? How many times did you do that move? Um, It's, you know, how many moves did you score versus how many did I score? Like, it won't work that way in terms of scoring a match. It's really about the narrative. It's about, you know, setting up for the big moves, And almost every match will do that. They'll set up for those big signature moves one way or another. But then there's also this whole storyline that takes place, you know, and if I think about like a wrestling federation in between their pay-per-view events, you know, the big events, you're going to have a lot of events and the weekly storylines are going to help lead into that big event at the end of the month or at the end of the quarter. And that is really the essence of trying to plan a wrestling schedule. Now, it doesn't mean that it's a complete unknown, but there is a lot of unknown that's left in there. So in our conversation, we were thinking about that, and it tied directly to how I do quarterly planning in my agile approaches, too. When you're doing something like quarterly planning or annual planning, You really need to think out in front. I mean, if you're doing quarterly planning, you need to think three months out. But how much do you really know about that third month? You're probably very specific about what has to happen. And, you know, if I'm doing agile and I've got my sprints laid out, I'm probably very specific about what's going to happen in the next sprint. You know, my quarterly planning I probably am planning for close to six sprints, maybe seven. That first sprint, I'm very specific. I know almost everything that's going to happen there. Each sprint after that, I know a little less. And by the time I get to that sixth or seventh sprint of the quarter, I probably know very little. So it's almost like a sliding scale that will happen as you start to look at your planning over time. Now, this makes it very different than planning like a baseball season or a football season or a basketball season that follows a very specific schedule. You can plan those out almost the entire way. But at the same time, you can't necessarily say, oh, I'm going to, you know, like when I do a single team replay, one of the difficulties of it is "Hmm, my team is following a timeline. My team is going through the ebbs and flows and facing injuries and people are getting, you know, tired, especially pitchers if it's a baseball season. 
but each team that I face now is 100% fresh. Like, how do I plan for that? Those are challenges that you face there. But when it comes to actually planning like a wrestling schedule, you might know a little bit about what's going to happen. You might, you're going to know everything that's going to happen in your next event or just about everything. <clears throat> you're going to plan all your matches for that next event. Chances are, though, especially if I'm playing a game like, you know, the one I'm playing now, Face to the Mat, right? I know I, I, I just started a new federation. I had seven events that took place from those seven. Two of them ended up generating grudge matches that now impact the schedule. So if I were to have planned out everything for the next few weeks, all of a sudden I'd have to be like, okay, now what do I do about these? What do I do about these two grudge matches that popped up? Do I just add them to a card and all of a sudden I've got a bigger card? Am I going to continue to do that as I go forward? Or do I play that storyline out at some point? And there's a lot of different ways you can handle that. But it, it's part of that unknown that you have to plan for. You have to plan for that unknown when you're building out a schedule that will have a lot of variance as you move forward. So with a wrestling schedule, you might know some of what's going to happen. And when I've done like a quarterly approach to a wrestling schedule, it usually involves having those weekly matches, those weekly show events, and a culminating pay-per-view event at the end of that quarter. And maybe some smaller, that would be like my super card event, right? At the end of the quarter. And each month is going to also have like a, a smaller super card event. So I might have like those monthly pay-per-views, but then at the end of it, I'm going to have like that big show. Um, as you do that, right, as you plan for that, and even if you build an annual calendar, right, you're probably going to work towards that mega show at the end of the calendar year. And, you know, think about your the famous like wrestling federations, and they've all done it this way. They're all going to lead up to that one big event that, while, you know, one year blends into the next a little bit, they always have that big signature event at the end of the year. So as you build your quarterly approach, you might have an idea about some of the things. Like, for instance, pretty easy that if I have, I, you know, on my quarterly event, all the belts will be on the line, right? I'm going to have a match for each and every belt. Another thing I can probably expect is at least one of the matches, maybe it's the championship match, maybe it's not, and usually it's for me it's not, is going to be some kind of major signature event. You know, um, It's going to be like a Hell in a Cell event or an I Quit match or something along those lines, Iron Man match, right? One of those are going to be part of that quarterly plan. As I look at the monthly ones, I might have some of the belts available in each of those monthly events. I will almost definitely have a signature event for every single one of those monthly pay-per-views. But then when I get to like those monthly shows, like the weekly shows, those are probably just going to have like a main event. I have a very static format that I'll set up for those, but I also have to leave room in those for these grudge matches that come up. And you have to have an idea about what storylines you want to have play out. Who are you trying to set up 
for the quarterly event? Who are you trying to set up for the monthly events? Some of that is going to give you the frameworks that you're going to have. And while you plan for the unknown, you also have to give yourself guide rails that get you to the finish line. So even when I plan out the most recent event, right? Like one of the things that I usually do is I say, okay, anything that pops up in the show that I've planned, right? The next show is always going to be 100% planned or at least at least 95% planned. And the only variance that I'll probably allow on that is when a storyline event comes up that says, hey, you know, somebody comes out to the ring and they challenge the winner to a, a, a match. Sometimes I'll allow that to happen right then and there. Sometimes I'll say, okay, that goes to the next week, right? And I make that a storyline event. Same thing with the grudge matches, right? The grudge matches typically are going to be for the next event, but sometimes if it's going to be a really good one, I might even push it out to like a pay-per-view event. And that becomes a storyline that I can work towards, right? And all of a sudden it's like, ooh, all right, these two guys are going to face each other now. And I want these. These are two of my headliners. So let's have that be a pay-per-view event grudge match. Maybe that's going to be one of my main events for the pay-per-view. And in the meantime, let's get some other events scheduled for those two so that they have something to work towards. Maybe I put them into like a forced tag team event or um, they their their partners, you know, like are going to face each other and they're going to be ringside. You know, all those kinds of things can become storyline elements now because you're working towards this big grudge match that's been scheduled. But you have to leave room in the schedule for these extra events to come into play. And while I'll probably know that, like, I'm going to put a title up at a certain show and I'll probably know what the signature event's going to be at that show, I may not necessarily know who is going to be in those events. Yes, whoever holds the title is going to be in a title match. And I probably know at least at some point when that title is going to go up, if it's not going to go up before that. So if it's my monthly pay-per-view and let's say I'm saying, hey, you know, this month it's going to be the tag team titles are going to be on the line. Well, maybe that tag team champion just isn't in a match during the weekly shows. Maybe the weekly shows are all used to determine who that number one contender is going to be. And maybe that's the storyline that's happening with my tag team matches on the weekly shows. If it's, you know, the heavyweight championship and that's going to go up at the main quarterly event and maybe it's also going to go up like, you know, at the second monthly event. Okay, well, that wrestler is going to certainly be scheduled. Maybe they're not scheduled before the second monthly event. Maybe they're in other kinds of events if they're the heavyweight champion. Maybe I have them in those tag team matches or uh, a non-title match, you know, like a, you know, squash match or something like that. But they're certainly going to be up with that second month. And that means that I don't know who the title holder is going to be for that quarterly event yet. So it's going to be a lot of unknowns as I plan that out further. But I have some guardrails that are set up. <clears throat> as I'm going forward, for instance, when I had this federation, the grudge, grudge matches that popped up, one was in the women's match, one was in a tag team match. So right out of the gate... I know that we're going to have my women's match and my next show is going to be a grudge match. And in this particular fed, I haven't planned out beyond 
each show. I'm not even sure if I'm doing a pay-per-view event necessarily just yet for this one because my goal is to do a very short season and then kind of build upon that. Talked about that a little bit last week. So that grudge match takes place. Okay, that's that's next week's event. With the tag teams, it turned out it turned into a singles match. So that's not going to lead into the next tag team match or even necessarily a grudge match. It's But it is going to set up maybe these tag teams to have a storyline that continues to develop. And that grudge match probably also will be scheduled for the next show. So I'm leaving, in that case, very open. I'm leaving everything open until I get finished with each show just to see what develops. But I probably am going to plan, if normally with a Fed, I'm going to plan further out. And I know some of the events that are going to take place because if I have some storylines that I'm trying to follow, I need those to play out a little bit more. In this particular Fed that I'm running right now, um, I have a stable, a heel stable that is the only stable that's in the Fed right now. It's a very small Fed, right? So that heel stable is going to be very involved in a lot of the storylines. And I have them involved in almost all the storylines. And I'm going to try to set up the primary guy in that stable for a big match at the end of this little showcase that I'm doing. That's very intentional. That's going to get me those shows. And I have to make sure that I am working towards that, right? But I also know that other things are going to play out in different ways. And that's where that's where those unknowns come into play. So how does this relate with things outside of wrestling? Well, when I look at the way I do my planning overall, I take the same approach. Now, as I've said, there's really two parts to my planning that I do. There is my annual calendar, which is really designed around the projects. When are projects going to come due? You know, when's the deadline for it? And that's a lot based on how much effort do I have to put into it? And what's going to be the priorities as I go through the year? So as I start the year, I have a very hard, fast idea because when I'll do my annual planning in December, I know which projects are in flight that need to then come across the finish line, hopefully in the next year, because anything that I started in this year needs to finish next year. That's that's always one of my goals. But then I'm going to leave room. And even if as I'm looking right now at my annual calendar for the rest of the year, like I still, even though I've been completing three projects generally per month, I still have a lot of months later in the year that only have two projects planned. And for December, I've only got one project planned right now. Now, I have left my showcase event open for December because generally, sometime around that, I'm going to probably buy a new game. Maybe I'm going to get one as a Christmas present, or maybe I'm going to take part in a holiday sale, and there's going to be a new game there that I want to grab. That's something I have to plan for. That's planning for the unknown. I don't know what game that's going to be yet, but I know I'm going to leave room for it later in the year. As I do my monthly planning, I also try to plan a little bit for the unknown there, but now I'm getting really specific about things. But I know I'm going to give myself the freedom to shift things around, and I have to plan for things that I wasn't sure when they were going to take place. Great example this month is the play tour. Like, I didn't know when the play tour was going to kick off. 
but it, I know it's something I want to take part in. So now as it comes up, I have to figure out like, how am I going to squeeze that into my monthly calendar? Maybe I just have it as an add-on. Maybe I give myself a little bit of flexibility to make sure that there's room for those types of events as I plan out the week or I plan out the month. But I certainly have to, I'm certainly going to want to take part in that. And it was something that was unknown to me at the beginning of this month. So as I planned out every single day for the month, that wasn't in the plan. Had to be added to the plan after the fact. I also try, but there are some things that you do know about and you want to work around as many things as you do. So when I do my monthly planning, and I just did this past week, I finished my July planning, right? So as I do my July planning uh, in the month of June, I am going to plan for every single day to be accounted for. But what I probably leave it open a little bit is, you know, knowing that there's going to be some shifts there. And so I build in a little bit of a buffer zone. The buffer I built in this this month uh, for the month of July is at the end of July is going to be play.con. I'm going to attend the convention. I'll be there for a few days. So I didn't plan anything for those days. Now, some of what I'm going to do there will be actually events that are part of the, of the schedule for the convention. But I'm going to be there for more than just the two days of the convention. So I probably am going to play some other games, and I don't know which those games those are going to be. Um, I'll probably be picking up some games when I'm there. And I know there's going to be some games that are part of like the swag bag, right, as, for the convention. So that's going to be some of the games that I'll have available to me. And I'll plan a little bit for those. But I'm also going to be playing head-to-head with other people, and they're going to have games. And I'm probably going to try some newer games as well. So all those are things that I have to plan for in that planning for the unknown. So I've left myself a little bit of a buffer for the month of July. But the things that I know are going to take place and the things that are prioritized are the projects that are coming due. And I've got a showcase event that's going to be coming due. I've got a uh, my grid zone project is going to be completed next month. You know, I'm, I'm working on, you know, a couple of other things that I want to make sure come across the finish line in the month of July. So I'm working towards those. That's a lot of what you have to do as you plan out those monthly calendars. But you have to leave that buffer because who knows what else is going to come up that I might want to do. And I had someone just yesterday uh, reach out about a potential project. And I said, OK, yeah, sign me up. Now I got to figure out like, where does that fall in with everything else that I've got planned? What can get moved around so that I can get that done? And sometimes that's just about, you know, if you think about an agile process, you know, you have to have your own kind of intake process to basically say, okay, let me kind of groom this out. Let me think about how much effort is going to be involved in this project. Let me think about what that's going to mean longer term for getting things done. And where does this fall priority wise with the things that have already been scheduled? And if it has a higher priority than some other things, then those things are going to get bumped down. But generally, even though I plan for every single day, not all of my days are equal. And because of that, like I even as I planned July and I knew I was going to have every week, I'm going to have like that play tour to complete. I also know it's only two rounds and I could probably knock out both those rounds in less than 20 minutes because it's one golfer 
I know the course. There's no game day ritual type or game day routine to go through for any of those. I just have to go out and play the two rounds, and that's going to be fairly quick. So it doesn't even really require me to plan for it in my monthly calendar, but I have to be aware that it's there. And it, that's something else that I have to do each day. So as you plan for the unknown, know that there's certain schedules, certain games, certain projects that lend themselves to it. And I think wrestling is just a great example of that. You don't know everything that's going to take place. Even as I did these do these showcase type events, you know, when I did my Fury football, I didn't know who was going to play who. That was all dependent upon how each game played out. And then that set the schedule for the next night of the showcase. Had the same thing in those other showcase events that I did as well. So sometimes you don't know from day to day, even in a sport that feels like it should have a very set schedule. Now with that Fury football one, I knew I had three games to play each night of the showcase, but I didn't know who was going to be in those games. And I knew that the final showcase, that the first game was going to feature the winner of, you know, gate of week three and of game one of week three and the winner of game two of week three. And it was going to basically be my pseudo championship match. The winner of that final top game was going to be the winner of the showcase with wrestling much more wide open. And it's all about making sure though, that your storylines are accounted for, even if every single event isn't. So as you do planning, plan out your annual calendar, but leave room for the things that you don't know that are going to happen yet. As you plan out your monthly calendars, plan out every day, but leave room for the things that you're not aware of yet. And if you do those things, if you leave time in your calendars, because we can never be 100% certain of any of this, that's going to set you up for success by planning for that unknown event that's going to happen. All right, let's come back in a minute for the wrap up. So that's a wrap on today's show. As it stands now, June 27th, we are 32 days away from Play.com, and I am really looking forward to the convention again this year on uh, meeting a bunch of the listeners and some of the game designers that will be in, in attendance. Um, just getting back together with a bunch of folks and getting a chance to sit down and play some games. So it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. This week, the shout out is going to be for Rich Beach and Rich shared with me uh, projects that he's working on, which similar to Bob Hansen, if you listen to the interview we did a couple months ago, uh, Rich has also created a fictional universe. Unlike Bob, he has different cities for different sports, but his entire universe is based off of an out-of-the-park fictional league that he had been part of or that was originally created by Lloyd Goodrich called the Lasseron Baseball Association. And Rich has taken that to another level. Um, he's using games like Dice United, Hockey Blast, History Maker Baseball, and now he's 
added to that the highlight maker hoops and he's got different leagues different amount of teams for each of these leagues uh different schedule sizes and it's all using these other these games and and similar to bob he does a lot of card creation for himself uh using like affinity publisher so a great way to get immersed into the many different things so he mentioned that the Lasseron world that was created has a, they had maps for it they knew where the population centers were and there was over a hundred cities so that's what's allowed him to use a lot of different ones for his different sports so thanks for sharing rich and keep us posted on how things are playing out with your your universe and i think it's always great when people can kind of put together these universes and play everything out um i am in awe of anybody who can pull that off so great job and thanks for sharing all right we'll be back next week with a new show until then enjoy your tabletop games and um as we close out the month of june so we'll talk to you next month as a matter of fact so thanks for listening